Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Sheer Lacks Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined remotely, of course, by Heather Steele, you have, and special guest, our new Sheer Lacks Weddings editor, Michelle Royal. Hi. Hello. How's everybody doing? We're recording this on Tuesday morning and it is officially the first day of the rain. The lovely weather has gone, has it not? Do you know what? In a weird way, I don't mind it today. I'll take this back in like five days when it's been nonstop rain and we all want sunshine. But there's something quite cozy about it. I would say exactly that before we started. One day of it is lovely. I feel quite like mm, at home. Yeah. I don't know. I think also when you're working from home, it's almost easier for it to be miserable outside because when it's really hot and sunny, you just want to be out and about and kind of doing things. So mm. it's, um, I think it's easier to be stuck to your desk when it's raining like this. That's true. Michelle, you're in Bristol. How are you getting on up there? Yeah, it's raining. I feel the same. I'm quite happy that it's raining today, but because you feel guilty, don't you, when it's sunny and you can't go out. So I'm quite happy with the rain today, but yeah. It's a bit easier to get dressed as well. Like when it's hot and sunny, I kind of want to be in, a, in like a summery dress. And actually it's quite nice today to just put on gym leggings and a hoodie and be done with it totally yeah totally heather down in brighton how's it been it's been lovely it's obviously been so sunny but actually i think the last few days when i've gone for my daily walk the beach has been significantly busier i don't know if people are just getting sick of lockdown or what but yeah i think this is good actually that the weather's gone a bit rubbish like hopefully it won't be as many sunbathers i was gonna say are people actually sunbathing yeah although i've been loving it because every time i go for a walk there's loads of police on the beach and that you just go see them telling everyone off and there's a nudist beach near where i am in brighton and yeah there was a funny moment where a, a naked old guy was having a very long conversation with the three police officers <laughs> to uh, try and stay put so uh, yeah it's it's been brighton basically <laughs> <laughs> everything you'd expect <laughs> what has everybody been reading watching listening to i haven't done a podcast in two weeks so i feel excited for everybody's recommendations heather can we talk about normal people <gasps> let's talk about normal yeah. people did it start last night oh yes. no keep up oh after sunday <laughs> I, I kept seeing it being advertised as a rat cape right i need to put that on my diary i need to put that on my diary and then i just completely i don't know yesterday felt like a really odd day of the week so i think it really threw me but oh, i'm so excited to watch it it's, it's so, so good. good so good it's yeah. so good how many of you guys watched only two i watched eight. Oh wow oh. okay i've watched three I had to review it for yesterday morning, so I had a good excuse not to be painting on Sunday and was just binging it. But yeah, I'm trying to savour the last couple of episodes because I'm absolutely loving it. So for those who don't know, where have you been? But <laughs> this is the adaptation of Sally Rooney's novel, Normal People, which came out, when was it, Heather? 2018, 2019? Yeah, 2018. 2018, yeah. which if you haven't read it, you must read. It's just brilliant. And I think I read it in like 24 hours. It's the most bingeable book. Yeah. And yeah, the BBC or BBC Three have done an adaptation. Well, I was watching with Ben he kept going this is so racy for the BBC oh so raunchy I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's BBC like, 3 I mean yeah but it is on BBC 1 every Monday so yeah, yeah some right? are, there's um, some full frontal nudity yeah It'd be interesting to see how that goes down I'm intrigued to watch it because I didn't actually love the book 
Just how and is it, that possible? You, are you I just know. wrong? It was one of those ones where I knew everyone was saying how good it is and I kept trying and trying and trying and it just, I didn't know, maybe it just didn't click with me, but I think I'm probably in the wrong. So I'm going to watch <laughs> it and see if I feel slightly differently and then maybe revisit the book again. Yeah, I do. The thing for me, I just love both of the main characters, Marianne and Connell, so much. Like I really, really care about both of them like very, very deeply. Yeah. And that really works on the TV adaptation as well. Yeah. Agreed. And for those that, that don't know, can someone describe it? So it's about two teenagers, late teens, I would say, in secondary school. And Connell is quite quiet, but he has a big group of friends. And his mom works for Marianne's house as their cleaner. And so the relationship sort of starts there, I would say. And it evolves throughout their kind of, I think it goes up until their kind of early 30s. Is that right? From what no, it's over four years. So is I think it? from like 18 to, yeah, 22. They go okay. to uni, don't they? Yeah, yeah, I remember uni. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the episodes we were watching, again, Ben was like, oh, he's so mean. Oh, this is so sad. And I kept saying like, don't worry, because the whole point, the whole beauty of this story is that, that it kind of ebbs and flows, the power structure like ebbs and flows. Yeah, totally. it? So it's all, it, the yeah. whole point, I was like, don't worry, because there are times when she's on top and then he's on top again. Like, don't yeah. stress about yeah. someone being mean to somebody else because that's kind of the whole point of their story and of their narrative. Heather, obviously Sally Rooney is one of the hottest writers around right now. She's only had two novels. Does she have anything else in the pipeline? Do we know? Is there another one coming soon? I think, yeah, she's writing a third book. I don't know when it's coming out. I suspect at the moment, all or a lot of books are being pushed back because of what's going on. So I suspect if it was going to come out later this year, it'll probably be next year now. But I'm surprised about... to look forward to. Yeah, that is something to look forward to, but I'm surprised about that because surely now is like is it because publishing yeah. houses have closed like surely Printing now like presses are closed yeah like actual fact it's the same with records and albums being pushed back because people can't physically press them oh interesting okay and i think they that. can't do all the pr involved around yeah them, you know so book tours oh, book tours yeah of course yeah. okay yeah it's really there's such hold thing off. as a digital book tour now like there which... is but i think all the waterstones in-house signings and stuff that's how new writers can get so much publicity i feel yeah. really bad for anyone any new writers who've had a book come out in the last month it, they'll take a real hit on sales it's interesting you say that i'm reading a book by well, it's not really, he's not really a new author, but I'm reading Raven Smith's. Is it an autobiography? Probably not. It's called um, Trivial Pursuits. For those who don't know, Raven Smith is a journalist and a kind of social commentator. I just think he is the most brilliant writer. If you don't yeah, follow him on Instagram, do. His, his Instagram, his, yeah. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> amazing. He's king of the memes. So I'm reading his book, which is called, as I say, Trivial Pursuits, and is basically his musings on life. He's got such a clever way of kind of, in a way that all the best comedians and writers are able to kind of hone in on the minutiae of everyday life and just be so kind of astute but also so funny that's what this book is all about those kind of small things that we that kind of make up the bigger picture of our lives and what it's like to be a kind of self-involved millennial and yeah it's just brilliant I'm loving it so far so I really recommend um, even if you aren't going to read the book then please do follow him on Instagram because he's just yeah. brilliant yeah. I remember Charlotte one Monday you came in and was like I read this piece from Raven Smith and it completely summarizes everything that we yeah. feel I think it was his first piece for the Sunday Times style he summarizes us the, the back page for them and yeah I remember bringing it into the office like thrusting it in your face like I don't even remember what it was about but I was like you have to read this completely. and I remember it so clearly because I'm not very eloquent and I often struggle to try and get what I'm thinking down on paper so when I read what someone else is representation of what I'm thinking I'm like oh my god if only I could say yeah that. it's like you've nailed it I didn't even realize I was thinking that but you've nailed exactly, it yeah. exactly so yeah I'm really excited to read that 
what else are people reading watching etc michelle has anyone read the alina ferrante books have you heard about them I haven't. So Harriet Russell, who's our features editor, yeah. absolutely adores the yeah. Neapolitan novels. I yeah. love them. But I haven't got around to reading them myself, but they're on my list. I am obsessed. So there's four books, and it's about the relationship between two girls from when they're about five, maybe. And they live in Italy, and they're in a very poor area. And it's about their relationship all the way through to motherhood. They're not a light read, but they're amazing if you're looking for something sort of meaty. Really What's good. amazing about them? What, because they're beautifully written or they're the stories? They're beautifully written and just the intricacies of their relationships and the power struggles. One of them is quite nasty, but she sort of has the other girl under her control. They're really hard to explain, but <laughs> honestly, they're just amazing. And sorry, are all four books about the same two girls? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah. So oh, literally wow. from, from five until I think I finished the third one and they're both around 35, maybe. Okay. So I've got one more to go. Wow. Did you watch the TV series that was no, on I'm last year? No, I'm afraid to watch it. I'm afraid yeah. to watch it because I've got <laughs> such a strong love of the books. But yeah, I probably will give in when I finish the fourth one. There was a TV adaptation of them, was there? Yeah, so uh, a HBO one. It's uh, My Brilliant Friend, which is the name of the first novel. But I think it was very well received. Cool. Thanks for the record. Uh, Heather, what about you? You've been reading anything? You must be reading something. You haven't done a podcast for I, ages, so I know. you must have a, a lot stored up. I've been struggling to read as much as I do normally, actually. I don't know what it is. I've seen stuff online about people, you know, in these current circumstances struggling. But I have read a couple of books. You've also um, moved house, in your defense. Yeah, yeah house I have been, been very busy. But yeah, one that I've just read and absolutely loved, it's published by Grant Books, who are the same people who did Sally Rooney's, a lot of her work, but it's called The Topeka school by ben lerner it came out the end of last year and was kind of on waterstone's book of the year shortlist and things for last year but it's set in america and it kind of switches between three different narratives between a boy called adam in the 70s and both of his parents who are psychologists and basically an incident happens and it just weaves through this narrative up to present day about everything that happened with that one event and how it was seen from different perspectives and how it shaped the rest of their lives is probably the best way of trying to describe it without Mm -hmm. giving anything away but he's also a poet Ben Lerner and his writing is just insane like it's very accessible but all his descriptions are just absolutely incredible like it's just worth reading just to kind of read his writing it's excellent and heavy depressing uplifting how would you characterize it it's kind of mysterious in a way I think it's just thought-provoking, but not in an inaccessible way. Like, anybody could read it. It's definitely not, like, mega heavy and kind of this huge tome to kind of wade through. It's like, you know, 260 pages or something. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it sounds quite serious, but it actually isn't. It's got a lot of funny jokes in and lots of stuff that, you know... People who've been a teenager, so most of us can kind of relate to when Adam's <laughs> yeah, growing I up. I think that's that most makes of sense. us, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it talks, it goes through adolescence and like weird shit that happens when you're growing up. But no, it's it's really, really good. I recommend it. Sally Rooney really rates it, so. There we go. Oh, I'm so. on my list. <laughs> yeah, I'm here for anything that she rates. Anything else that you want to recommend? I've also watched all of a program that's, uh, it was on FX in the States and it's on iPlayer now called Devs. I don't know if anyone's. Uh, oh, I've heard about that. Yeah. It's 
really good. It's got Nick Offerman, who was in oh, Parks and Recreation. Him. Yeah. Basically, he plays, it's set in San Francisco, and he plays this kind of tech boss. But it kind of more revolves around this girl called Lily, who works for his company, whose boyfriend suddenly goes missing. It's basically set in real life, but a bit sci-fi. Really weird, but like it's eight episodes long, and it is so gripping. Uh, I'd really, really recommend it. Everyone who I've been speaking to in my friendship groups watched it and absolutely loved it. I assumed it was a comedy when he said he was in it, but no. No, so he's absolutely amazing, but he's playing just a completely different character to anyone that I've ever seen him play before. But it all centers around this aspect of this tech company called Devs, and nobody knows what it is and what they're doing. And it takes the whole eight episodes to kind of work out as a viewer exactly what they're trying to achieve. But it's hard to describe without giving stuff away, but it's kind of got you know russian spies in it and it's got murder so it's got a bit of everything but it's it's genuinely really gripping the acting's really great and yeah i'd say it's definitely worth watching all on iplayer at the moment amazing that sounds great thanks and the other thing i've been watching is the last dance on netflix which is the michael jordan documentary i haven't started it yet i keep meaning to so interesting Mm. it's one of those i know we keep saying it at the moment but I obviously know who Michael Jordan is and grew up knowing exactly who he was, but I don't actually know that much about the Chicago Bulls and the whole sort of shitstorm that went down in 97. So I'm finding it really, really fascinating. Um, it's, it's about a pay dispute, is that correct? That's one aspect of mm-hmm. it. But yeah, there's many different reasons. They basically, the Chicago Bulls had won five world titles and were on track to win a sixth and then it all suddenly goes wrong. So it's centred on that, but... It's got amazing access, like Michael Jordan, like all these huge, you know, basketball stars kind of just being really candid. It's, uh, yeah, they've done it really well. And they've got loads of original footage as well from back in the day. And I know everyone always says he's an incredible player, but when you're actually watching what he could do, it's absolutely nuts just seeing genuinely how talented he was. Like He's running rings around absolutely everybody. So it's worth watching just for that, to be honest. And my guess is it's another documentary where you think you might not be that interested in the subject matter, but then actually it's just Exactly. But yeah, it's really, really pulls you in and they're dropping sort of two episodes every Monday for sort of five weeks. So it's kind of a bit like event telly. You can't binge it all and it's something to look forward to each week. So yeah, yeah, I like that. Recommend that one for sure. Exactly. Thanks. Uh, Lou, what have you been watching, listening to? Nothing remotely highbrow. Last week was taken up by Too Hot Handle, satisfying my the Love Island hole in my life. Can and I just then... say, I didn't know that there were people that horny out yeah. there. Like, they, what's wrong with them? They, why can't they control themselves? Exactly. <laughs> There's something wrong with these people. I just don't understand how, oh, how you can be thinking about sex that much of the time. Michelle, are you um, watching it? No, but I've seen no. clips. I'm trying to resist. Yeah, you're you're not missing much. It it is like the lowest of the low. Yeah, it's pretty low. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, obviously, because we have Michelle here, we have to talk about weddings. Michelle, you are weddings editor, which means you pull together the wedding edition, which, for those who don't know, although everybody should, is the new monthly weddings newsletter from Sheerlax. It comes out on the first Sunday of every month. And we've had two so far, the third one coming out this week, presumably. Yes, this Sunday. Yeah, Yeah, very exciting. And how's it all going so far? Obviously, it's slightly funny time, given everything that's going on for weddings, but not for wedding content, really, because the show must go on, right? The show must go on. And I know so many people have postponed weddings, and it's so unbelievably sad. But yeah, we're really trying to make sure that people get all the inspiration that they need, regardless, because some people are at the beginning of their wedding planning, some people are at the end. So I actually know loads of people who've got engaged over this time in lockdown. Yeah. Really? I yeah, was loads. thinking that would happen. Which I actually think is just, personally, I think it's a bit of a shame. Sorry if, sorry if you're one of them, because personally, I would just want to be able to celebrate with everybody I know. But I guess it's quite a nice time to, to enjoy life, just the two of you for a bit. I can imagine if you've managed to survive this as a couple, why you might be like, well, if we can do this, then... Yeah, we can do anything. So let's it's a just pretty go good test. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Michelle, for people who uh, might be, as you say, at the beginning of their planning, looking for next year or the year ahead, what are the trends? What are, what's kind of emerging, and what should people be having a think about now? I think once you've sort of chosen your venue and your sort of style of wedding, then you can start thinking about your dress. So it's a really nice time to do lots of research because, you know, you don't have the commute and everything. So you're at home with those extra hours. So Pinterest and Instagram, amazing for looking up dress styles. I think everything's gone a little bit feminine, a little bit Mm -hmm. more feminine, a little bit more demure, beautiful laces. So that's one thing you can do. Looking at real weddings, I think girls love because you get so much inspiration so we've got a beautiful one coming up on sunday i'm really, so excited about this one yes it's a really yeah, good one. it's a really yeah. good one it was at babington house and it's quite boho two brides two brides and they both wore the same dress designer purely by accident oh. um, and both the dresses are from a brand called yoland chris which i absolutely love really really pretty sort of whimsical dresses so yeah that's one to look out I have been stalking their wedding since like since it happened because also for their their party the day before or whatever it was they did the day before they also both yeah. did they both wear Zimmerman or one was it and they both just looked in, they both got this incredible like long blonde hair and they're yeah. so boho and cool it just looked amazing yeah. yeah and they just seem so lovely from speaking to them they're just you know I think they're still on a high from, from their wedding and uh, yeah and the flower flowers were a big big thing for them and they just okay. wanted to get married under a floral arch so yeah look out for that one on sunday 
Lou, of the wedding content so far, what have you loved? What have you had good takeaways from? What are you enjoying from the wedding edition? My two favorites. One of them is the wedding Instagram accounts to follow. That has been something for me that I have constantly been using for a source of inspiration. Pretty much all of my saves on Instagram. There was a chunk of time where literally it was like all just wedding content, whether that's from (laughs) table settings to photographers to dress ideas so a couple of my favorites on there were hill stories where actually michelle and i went to a wedding showcase at the ned it was probably a couple of weeks just before lockdown and met this gorgeous designer who does wedding tablescapes and design and the most beautiful you know color palettes and she was coordinating the stationery and flowers so really really lovely the anti-bride as well that's another great instagram Mm -hmm. if you are not looking for sort of the more traditional wedding dress you know there's some suits there's some two pieces something a little bit more different than your sort of traditional beautiful bride so that one's a really cool one for me. And then I also loved meeting the girls from the own studio who are a contemporary bridal wear brand. So they do bridesmaid dresses and wedding dresses, but in a much more sort of contemporary, clean design, quite 90s inspired, kind of a, a develop, I guess, on the traditional slip, but a number of different colorways and really great price point. So we met those girls um, a couple of weeks ago and they were showing us their mood boards and I think when you see the design process that goes into the final product, you have so much more of a connection to the brand and the design and and kind of knowing where those ideas have come from. So I love that. Cool. Heather? I loved the veils piece that went in the last email. I feel like 10 years ago, so people were maybe sort of abandoning veils a little bit. So I like that they're sort of back in fashion and I like that they're looking back and they're kind of quite sort of Victorian almost, Mm -hmm. a lot of them. I I like that style. So yeah, I enjoyed that piece a lot. I really hated the idea of having to wear a veil, but for anyone who's tried on wedding dresses, I'm sure you'll agree, like you don't feel like a bride until you put that veil on. Like I remember trying on my dress and then they put the veil on and I was like, oh my God, bride. (laughs) like it just pulls it all together so amazingly you feel so bridal in it I remember when I tried on my first one I didn't even really like the dress but I was like can I try a veil yeah and then it was suddenly like here I am yeah (laughs) Michelle this might be a bit niche as a future idea but for future brides my veil just like sat flush on my face throughout my entire ceremony and I had to keep being like (sighs) to try to get it off my face I know it was quite irritating so if anyone's got any tips about how to not be completely irritated by your veil then share them (laughs) because maybe we'll do something on our Instagram some tips or something because it can be quite annoying what about you Charlotte any other features that you've loved I loved in the first edition the piece that we did with a number of florists all about if you're having a summer wedding in the UK what different types of flowers to use depending on the vibe of the wedding um, that you wanted so whether you wanted something classic or rustic or something a bit more contemporary and we had some amazing florists give us their thoughts on, on all of that and god it makes me just want to do all over again Michelle, what else can we look forward to um, coming up in the wedding edition over the next few months? Well, one thing I've loved researching is um, mini moons, little mini moon breaks, cottages Mm -hmm. and hotels and bolt holes around the UK. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I just can't wait for this all to be over because, Mm. you know, the thought of staying somewhere really pretty. So yeah, that's coming up on Sunday as well. And also lots of girls have asked about looking after their skin. So they may have had lots of treatments in the previous months and now what do they do so we've done a feature on looking after your skin 
but really great tips from experts. So um, hopefully that will help loads of people. I have a friend who is supposed to be getting married in mid-June in Italy. It's not Lou, a different friend. <laughs> and they've moved their wedding to the same time next year. And when I say she's in the most unbelievable shape, like her body is insane. She's worked so hard on this banging wedding board. And now she's just kind of got it. I don't know what you do. Do you keep, do you keep it going for the full year or do you let it go for six months and then come back? Like that's a whole, maybe that's a feature as well oh what God. to do if yeah. you've already got the perfect wedding body and you've had to delay I think it'll be like fine to maintain it I think through the summer months everyone's on a bit of a fitness um regime at the moment but I think it will be when winter hits that people will start reclining back into their old bods and sticky tommy puddings are going to be coming <laughs> so, times will change we should also just say that if you are a bride who's had to move their wedding or is thinking about moving their wedding from the summer then we also ran a feature in last month's wedding edition full of advice from wedding planners about what to do what you need to know um, so you're not alone and if you've got questions uh, that you need answering then that was a pretty comprehensive piece wasn't it it should answer yeah, yeah. all your questions Michelle do you think this might be the end of abroad weddings do you think people going forward who are getting engaged might reconsider getting married abroad like I only had abroad weddings this year and now obviously that has been scuppered I don't know. I suppose it depends how easily we get back to normal life and how quickly people forget what it was mm. like. I think some people, if they've got their heart set on getting married in Greece, then they'll still go with that, I think. Mm. People will be more cautious and I think they will might consider that the UK is a safer bet. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It will. Well, good news for UK wedding suppliers, isn't it? Absolutely. Okay, well, if you're not already receiving the wedding edition, then you should be. So uh, head to shillax.com where you can subscribe bit of a U-turn now. We're going to talk about asparagus. I know it's niche. Do you know what? I actually saw Rosie Burkett, who um, Heather, you all know, is the most yeah. amazing um, food journalist um, and chef. I saw the other day that she put on her Instagram that she planned her wedding around asparagus season. So actually, there you go. Wow. There's yeah. a link, everyone. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, we did a food master feature, um, the fab feature on our site where we show you how to use different ingredients in multiple ways. On asparagus, it is in season. My fridge is stocked with the stuff so I'd like to know how do you eat yours Heather I just like to use it where I would normally use say green beans in anything so just as part of salads roasted simply with some olive oil and salt dipped in boiled eggs is excellent but also I actually do something that Chloe Scott Moncrief in the feature said which I use yogurt instead of I think she uses double cream but yeah basically asparagus salmon yogurt lemon and pasta it's just oh, mega oh. simple but a nice dinner not a light dinner but a lightish dinner <laughs> uh, light, lightish <laughs> if you're be. using um, yog. exactly you can put some chilli in there as well if you want it a bit spicy mm. and also I know we always bang on about the roasting tin but there is one in her slightly newer one the quick roasting tin where it's yeah sticky soy and honey roasted salmon with asparagus and sugar snap peas and you just yeah. whack all of the, yeah. those ingredients I mentioned in the roasting in a roasting tin and put it in the oven for 25 minutes and it comes out amazing really good have you tried it so, yeah I have. It's really good. Yeah. Okay. Really lovely. Um, I cook it for a bit less than 25 minutes because when I did it the first time, the veg wasn't as crisp al dente as I'd have liked it. But no, I love uh, asparagus. I think good asparagus has to be al dente. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You need, yeah. It still needs to be like a little, like pale in the middle. Yeah. It goes yeah. a bit too like stringy. Stringy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I hate stringy asparagus. Yeah. Lou, vegan pace, how do you like your asparagus? 
roasted 100%. We've been having a lot of like roasted broccoli and like tennis and broccoli and asparagus kind of as a side with everything recently. I put some on a puff pastry tart, um, nice. which I made on the weekend, which is really nice. And it actually reminded me that this isn't vegan, but veggie of a phyllo tart that I used to make. And it's basically you layer up your phyllo pastry with kind of like brush it with butter and then you boil your potatoes and then kind of make that into a mash add a tiny bit of milk and then you kind of spread a layer of the mash topping on top of the phyllo pastry and then you stick your asparagus stalks kind of down into oh. the mash so it kind of sinks in yeah and then bake that in the oven absolutely incredible that sounds insane wow. wow. really really i would add a bit of cheese to that yes, yeah you obviously brush it with egg add a bit of like parmesan or whatever if or you like comtay or something on that oh. yeah i just add this kind of salt and black pepper and it's absolutely delicious on yeah. the topic of phyllo pastry i've been doing something really similar i took inspo from um laura jackson on her host instagram account i guess it was and so exactly that I've taken layers of phyllo and I basically use a cake tin and done exactly what you say Lou like fold them over so it becomes a kind of robust base and then fry off a load of literally whatever green veg I have left mix it all in a bowl add an egg and then pour it into the puff pastry tin yeah. sprinkle with feta and then bake for 20 minutes and it's Amazing. such a good dinner wow. so easy and so good to use up leftovers and if you've got yeah. like frozen peas and frozen edamame and that kind of stuff works so well just yeah, having yeah. pastry like that in the fridge or in the freezer is so useful I think it makes you feel like you're baking something really amazing where actually yeah. it's just kind of an assembly <laughs> of product produce. and it's <laughs> completely agree and it's such a good way to get veggies in if you're not very like I'm not very good at eating veggies so yeah. it works really well Michelle how do you eat your asparagus so one thing that I do which is so simple nothing fancy like you guys wrap two or three stalks in parma ham mm. brush with olive oil and then barbecue oh my god <gasps> oh Oh, barbecue, what a shout. So good. <laughs> Yum. What a we great shout. Stop. Yeah. yeah. That sounds so delicious. I also like to do it with parma ham or with brazola and then poach an egg on top. Nice. Oh, it's so good. Anyone else got anything to add about asparagus? <laughs> it's basically great. <laughs> it is basically great. Well, Chloe's recipes include asparagus pilau with melting paprika butter. That sounds insane. Romesco sauce, peaches, and grilled asparagus. Love that idea. That is so. Oh, look, and she's put a mozzarella or burrata yes to that and an asparagus and stilton risotto yum god so check that out for all your asparagus inspo we're going to finish by talking about how to organize your fridge what better time to get your fridge in order than right now uh, we always feature on all the different ways to keep it looking tip top uh, it included tips like cleaning the fridge regularly storing your leftovers safely and keeping the fridge at five degrees or below i have a lot of experience in this we seem to be freezing whatever's at the back of our fridge all the time oh, we've got yeah, a lot of frozen rocket and annoying things like that so anyway what are your tips for keeping an organized fridge michelle oh my god my fridge has never looked so clean and tidy <laughs> i think i've got way too much time on my hands i regularly go through though and just make sure that you know those bags of salad haven't gone mushy and i think just checking it regularly and throwing out condiments that are two years out of date that's it really just keeping it fresh lou any tips for keeping an organized fridge what do you do do you divide things into tupperware or does everything just kind of roam free so when we have been doing our big shops we have actually been like wiping everything down as soon as it comes in and then have been so amazed obviously i don't know whether it's just we've been more drawn to now but the amount of plastic that you realize that all your veg comes in is absolutely obscene so mm -hmm. we've been removing that straight away and actually washing everything and then just putting it in like a really big and 
enamel tray. So it's quite nice opening the fridge and just seeing kind of all your fresh veg out all at once. So that's been quite nice. But no, it generally is quite organised, actually. Charlotte, what about you? Any good tips? This period has been quite enlightening for us. We rarely have a stocked fridge because we're not very good at, at kind of regular cooking. So I, I've always got the kind of basic onions and avocados and that kind of stuff, but I just keep them all in the fridge. But because we now have a fuller fridge, I've had to use an overflow fruit bowl for the first time ever, which has been so game changing because I can actually see what we've got. Like having regular exposure to how many lemons and onions and garlic and avocados we have in the house has been so useful because I feel like when it comes to cooking, we're then working our way through what we know we have as opposed to going out and buying like my eighth onion and not having mm. anything else in the fridge, if that makes sense. So definitely recommend a fruit bowl, um, which probably isn't the most enlightening tip, but there you go. <laughs> the other thing that we try to do is is to keep things separated in Tupperware. Cheeses in particular, we're a pretty big cheese household and things like feta and halloumi and mozzarella all get quite nasty if they're just left kind of hanging out in the fridge. So we keep a big Tupperware, like one of those big ones for all of those, which does also itself need uh, cleaning out regularly. So that's a tip. And then I just try to divide the shelves by category. So nothing stresses me out more than a fridge shelf that has like tomatoes and cold meat and milk. Oh my God. So (laughs) I literally couldn't agree more. And whenever I I go to someone's house and their fridge is like that, I think, oh, is it really rude if I asked if I could reorganize this? Because it stresses me out so much. All your condiments together and your dairy together. And like, I don't know if it is bad for the food. I'm sure I've made that up, but just in my head, it's a lot like safer and healthier to have like the fruit together and the meat together and the dairy together. In the piece, actually, it did say that you shouldn't keep your milk in the fridge door. But I can't keep it anywhere else because I hate it when milk is on its side Mm -hmm. because it always, always spills out. Yeah. So that's my only option. We've actually got one shelf in the drawer is basically non-food essentials and it's my rose quartz facial roller and (laughs) my boyfriend's photography film, which has to be kept in the fridge as well. My rose quartz (laughs) roller lives with my teeth whitening gels as well. (laughs) They live with the bottles. They're there with the wine and the champagne because, you know, I feel like they're clean. So it's fine. Um, All right. Well, if you are looking for more tips for organising your fridge, then do have a look at the feature that ran last week on the site. I think that's it for today. Thank you so much everyone for joining us Michelle so lovely to have you if you have any feedback at all please do email podcast at sheerlux.com we love hearing from you and don't forget to rate review subscribe and tell your friends bye-bye planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.